The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Oh, things sound a little bit strange this week, and that is because, as anybody who has recorded in a hotel room will tell you, you got to put the blanket over your head to make sure you eliminate any sort of echo. That's what I am doing as I am uh, live from a hotel room in Nashville as my kids are on spring break, and we are continuing on our quest to see every national park. Nashville is the only civilization anywhere conveniently located nearby uh, Mammoth Cave up in Kentucky. Coming up today, Brian No on the show. So is Tyler McComas. But first, so I wake up on Thursday morning to this news that Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter. And I started to think about this from a sports media standpoint for a couple of reasons. First of all, I thought about it from the standpoint of like, if you're in the sports media, You should be going to your news media colleagues right now and say, brother, I have seen all sorts of examples of this. Let's not give it more credit than it is due. This is the same thing as Terrell Owens doing sit-ups in his uh, driveway. This is a guy that is not getting the attention he wants, so he is taking it to the next level. That is the first thought I had. The second thought I had a little while later is how might this affect the sports media? Because look, Elon Musk is a petulant baby boy and he wants to buy Twitter because Twitter was mean to him in his mind at some point. And so you have to assume if Elon Musk is buying Twitter, it is specifically to either A, shut it down, or B, fundamentally change the way it operates. And for people in the sports media, no matter what else comes along in the social media realm, Twitter is this very comfortable space. Now, I will say, I do think particularly in the sports radio, world. You look around at all of the great stuff that people are doing now on TikTok, taking advantage of Instagram reels, uh, uh, green room spaces. I mean, there is an alternative to just about every function of Twitter out there. So it's not like this content would just go away. But I think over and over again, sports media professionals have proven, despite the fact that we see studies over and over again, that show us how little of our audience is actually on Twitter, it is a very safe space for us to, or maybe not safe, but a very comfortable space for us to create and distribute content. And I wonder what the effects on our industry would be if Elon Musk buys out Twitter and makes major changes, or as I said, the possibility always exists, that he just shuts it down. All right, by now, this should not be a surprise to me. Uh, We learn this every single time that Tiger Woods gets onto a golf course, but uh, boy, does he change the way every adult male thinks about their own lives once you see him out there on the golf course. Brian No watched Tiger Woods play last week, and Brian, you wrote a column about this because it made you think about not just sports, but the media industry in general and the sort of attitude that Tiger Woods displayed and why you kind of need that same attitude in radio. Yeah, D, I mean, it really is. Um, I think... Uh, sports radio the industry it's an uh, it's an all or nothing business and just seeing tiger woods out there he's limping around his right leg was mangled in the car accident roughly 14 months prior to the 2022 masters and he's out there finishing what he started and i just compared it to lebron the end of his season where he shut it down even though the lakers were in playoff contention with a sprained ankle 
he definitely could have played. He chose not to. And you had Tiger Woods, who was clearly out of contention on that final day, and he gutted it out. And he finished what he started. And you've got to be completely committed. And I just compared it to sports radio where, and look, there's burnout. There are some people that want to do something different. There's nothing wrong with that. I referenced Armin Williams. He transitioned from being a PD to going into a different venture. Uh, You also have Jeff Cavanaugh in Dallas where he didn't like the grind, the day-to-day deal of doing prep for a five-hour show and said, I need to change things up. There's nothing wrong with that. But my whole point was, if you aren't all in, you really need to move on and do something else instead of just being halfway committed. I think one thing your column, I don't know if missed is the right word, because maybe we're saying it the same way. Like, there certainly is a level of mania that Tiger displayed in that moment that you have to have. I mean, I think all of us have had jobs, some of us probably still have jobs, where you feel like you are not as appreciated as you should be. You sometimes wonder why you keep coming back to do this, and you just can't stop yourself, right? There is no reason Tiger Woods needed to do what he did last weekend, but he is just wired that way that he's got to be out there. If he can walk, he feels like he needs to be out there. Yeah, and I love that about the guy. But I think the interesting part is trying to figure out, like you referenced, there are jobs where you aren't appreciated, you're underpaid, it's a grind, stuff sucks, you know, and you're weighing, hey, how much longer do I want to put up with this versus should I maybe look at another avenue? And I think as long as you remain completely committed, and you've got to be honest with yourself about that, as long as you remain committed and still want to do it, I think you stick it out. And I think you also have to look at what else would I do? Where would I go? Would I be happier? Because sometimes we have this rosy picture in our head that it's going to be way better. And it's not. Sometimes it's the same or worse. Well, let's talk about that all that idea of all-in with another one of your loves, which is sports gambling. It looks like the American Gaming Association's projection that $3 billion would be bet on the NCAA tournament this year is going to come true. Uh, so far, Illinois is the only state that has confirmed exactly the amount that was bet specifically on the tournament, and they're a tenth of the way there on their own. Uh, I would imagine that there are a lot of states that maybe were halfway in on this sports gambling thing that are going to look at these numbers coming back over the next few weeks and suddenly find themselves all in on the idea of legalizing not just betting but specifically mobile betting. Isn't that funny, man? You can definitely tie the two together. I don't know what these states are doing who aren't (laughs) all in on games. The money is pouring in, D. I don't understand. I know there's some politics, you get some pushback from some people that are uh, like outdated type thinkers. But, bro, there is just money to be made by the boatload. I just don't understand. And some of these states, I know Oregon is like this, where you can't gamble on collegiate sports. Yeah. I don't understand that either. It's like I, I don't understand why you wouldn't just make this money when people are going to bet. You've got people going from your state across state lines to bet. Why wouldn't you get in on that cash? It makes no sense to me. Listen, I don't do this myself, but I know because I do have friends that do. I know the Virginia line's a 40-minute drive from my house. Like, I have a lot of friends that know exactly what part of the interstate they need to be on to pull over and place their bets. Yes, it happens all the time. Like, There are people in the Indiana-Michigan thing that they have to drive here, drive there. 
the New York, New Jersey deal for a little while, that was the case. I just don't understand it, man. I don't understand what's taking so long for some states while they're dragging their heels. You must be tearing your hair out if you're some of the people on board with gambling in those states that haven't signed off on it yet and you're facing pushback, and you're like, do you see the spreadsheet of all the millions of dollars we could be making? What are we doing right now? I mean, that is the thing that I think jumps out to all of us in the media industry, right? Because, like, we are living through a time right now where these sports books are reevaluating how they are advertising themselves. And so radio stations and television networks are starting to face the fact that, hey, maybe next year the buys from these books are not going to be what they were the year before. That's not the case with the revenue coming in, though. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it makes sense to just promote the holy hell out of your brand right now while some of these states are lagging. You know, once you get most of the states on board, maybe you you scale back to promoting the way that they are because they're spending a ton of cash. But I think it's the better long-term play. All right, when there is college football media news worth talking about, I turn to my buddy Tyler McComas. Tyler, you did a great profile of Jen Lotta this week for the site. One of the things I find interesting about Jen and her time on college game day is it has sort of always been presented, I guess, as she is the next person in the role and not necessarily replacing Tom Rinaldi with those features, not replacing Maria Taylor with that stand-up segment that Maria Taylor used to do and now Jen does. She seems like she has been made very comfortable all along the way with any new role given to her on that show. Yeah, um, what's the old adage in sports? You never want to be the guy that follows the guy. (laughs) Um, But she, I I mean, I I think that she's had maybe – one of the most difficult you know, situations presented to her in, in sports media. And I don't say that lightly because Tom Rinaldi may be widely known as the best feature reporter, not only that we've ever seen in college football, but maybe like any sports at all. Right. So to try to follow that up immediately, that's an incredible task. But she's done that, man. And, and I think that you know, once she came out with Holinsky's Hope, which touched so many people, um, that that was huge for her, and she's put out so many great feature stories as well. There's no way that you're ever going to replace a guy like Tom Rinaldi, but Dimitri, Jen has come really, really close to, to being just as good. She's put out so many. Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans shared one of her documentaries with his team. She's been She's been incredible, and I love that not every single story just has to be about tragedy. She can capture that with bringing maybe a happier side to a feature story as well. She, she's incredible. Well, it's, it struck me as very interesting. One of the last things she told you in the piece was about, I, I don't know if the pressure she puts on herself is the right way to say it, but she certainly does. It's not lost on her that her features are the chance to showcase, uh, showcase sports at their very best, where they touch us to our core. I, I think that is something that someone like Tom Rinaldi certainly gets. I, I think that's something someone like Jeremy Schapp certainly gets. Jen Lotta obviously gets it. I, I just I wonder what it's like to operate with that sort of mindset when you know what your role in the industry is. Yeah, and you're always trying to one-up the last story that you did. I mean, how do you do that when we're talking about a story like Polinsky's Hope? I mean, it's an incredible amount of pressure. Um, I I didn't necessarily get the tone from her that it is an incredible amount of pressure, you know, to always come up with something, but I'm sure it is. Um, You know, one thing that she also relayed to me in the story that I really wanted to pass on, I asked her about women in sports and how we can do a better job of not only 
you know, getting more women in sports radio, but getting them behind the mic in a full-time position. And I know that we tend to kind of focus on that side of the story, and very much so. We, we need more full-time women behind the mic. But I also wanted to ask Jen, okay, what, what's a positive? Is there anything positive to report on that front? And she said something interesting. You know, 20 to 25 years ago, you, you know, women in sports media maybe couldn't prop each other up as right. much as they can now because it was so competitive. It was, you know, one of 30, one of 50. And whereas you should be supporting one another, it's kind of, you know, you're competing directly against one another. The positive of that, we've got to do a better job. I think we can all agree. But the positive that she said to me, which I thought was really interesting, is that now there are so many more women in sports than there were two decades ago that women can champion each other once they get the big-time roles. So that that was pretty good news on that front. Let's shift from Jen Lotta and talk about the other big college football pregame show, and that is Fox's Big Noon Kickoff. Uh, your guy Bob Stoops said basically Fox told him he could not coach in the XFL and be on their airwaves because they own the USFL. I, boy, I mean, interesting choice from Bob, interesting choice by Fox, but it, we are where we are. It certainly seems like Urban Meyer is going to be back in that seat on Big Noon Kickoff this season. You don't like Urban Meyer. Uh, I don't like Urban Meyer. I want to take off our biased hats for a second here and look at this from the Fox point of view. Does Urban Meyer bring them value, or is this more of like, hey, look, we're the network that hired Pete Rose to be a Major League Baseball analyst? I, I'm embarrassed for Fox at even the thought of this. And I, I want to use kind of an example of, a, of an article that you wrote, what, about two or three weeks ago. The piece that you wrote about anonymous PDs. Okay, well, if you know a talent has you know maybe a shaky track record, would you still hire that individual? Would you still take a chance on him? And I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to condemn any PD who wants to hire a really good talent that's had a shaky past. But here's the thing, Dimitri. Urban clearly has a shaky past. His reputation is as bad now as it's ever been. But he's not a dynamic talent either. You know, you know what I mean? Like, wh why, why are we bringing this guy back who has such a embarrassing past, especially here recently? And I'm sorry, man, but I don't even think he's that good on camera. Like, so is that really, I, Fox? That's the best you can do? So I disagree with you a little bit. I, I think he's very good in a studio role. I thought he was awful as a game analyst on ESPN. It, it, let's move his personal issues aside for a second. Like, this is, my, this is genuinely where I come down. There is no debate who the worst coach in the history of the NFL is. There is no debate. I, I don't want to hear any other name that you might throw out. I know we're talking about college football now where he has two national championships, three national championships, but, like, what kind of credibility does he bring to that set? I mean, we are talking about literally the worst football coach in the history of the NFL. Yeah, um, I, I just – could you not think outside the box a little bit right. more with this one? He's already been on the set, and I don't know – you know who necessarily is out there that that you can get um but i think that's ohio probably state the answer fans, right that's probably why we're here right i mean is even do even ohio state fans are they like yes all right or i don't necessarily think so um I, I i i don't get it man personally i don't enjoy him on tv he doesn't to me he doesn't bring a whole lot of personality to the set is which is what i would want to see with that role yeah. Which is all the reason why we got to get Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's true calling <laughs> is not coaching. It is on the uh, Fox Big News set. Hey, listen, you know I'm uh, I'm heavily advocating for Ed Orgeron on someone's airwaves this season. 
Yeah, subtitles and all. Let's, let's bring it, man. Hey, I'll, I'll take that. Seriously, man. That is going to do it for me this week. A big thanks to Brian and Tyler for taking time out of their day to join us. Perhaps you have seen that we are looking for a lot of help on the site. Even if you have no interest in the sports media and you are more of a political junkie and like to write about the news media, we could use you. So reach out to JB. Check out all those opportunities we have going. They are all listed at BarrettSportsMedia.com. Talk to you next week, everybody. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.